0: Wow, guys, it's been a long time, a really, really long time. Today is November, November 28th, it is 9.19pm, it has been a blessed, relaxing, productive Sunday wow i've I've really been itching i would say in the last in the last three days i've had an overwhelming desire to return to my podcast it it truly feels like a blur these past uh this past month because my last podcast i recorded october twenty fifth um it has been it's been like a whirlwind and i've been so focused on my healing and growth and change and just the betterment of myself to better my relationship and, and things things were pretty um uh crucial if i must say so that my emotional loneliness from my childhood was greatly impacting my present day relationship with my partner and also making him feel emotionally lonely and unsupported in similar ways that he supports me consistently. So what brings me to this topic is about a week or two, maybe two weeks ago, I was really desperate for a change. And anytime there's been a difficult conversation, a conversation that I deem as difficult, as I now identify as an adult child of an emotionally immature parent, um... I've learned that I am too very emotionally immature and in my knowingness, I've done some research. I've done some fasting. I've done some praying, some Bible study. These last few weeks have just been... They've just been a total blessing because I didn't have health insurance, so I couldn't see a therapist. I've been itching to see a therapist, but I had to take on the mindset of being my own therapist. And I've heard that before, and I thought it was really far-fetched, but I learned that if you have a question... Go seek God's face. Literally bring everything to God in prayer. I couldn't thank Mary Mary anymore if I had a thousand tongues. Because that is that is the truest lyric they ever sang. Um, so for those of you who would like to know the Bible plans, I've enjoyed the last uh four weeks. Um... You can go to the U Version Bible app. The first Bible plan I did was called Reset Your Mind, Overhauling Toxic Thoughts. Hands down, one of my favorite, um, one of my absolute favorite Bible plans I've ever done to date. Definitely worth a revisit. Then the second uh, Bible plan I did was Unpack this struggling with selfishness then last week I believe I finished no two weeks ago I finished rooting out relationship killers well it says one week ago um that was really excellent really 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 excellent um in this past week I did a short um Bible plan with my partner called Be Angry and Sin Not. So that's what has had me occupied the last four weeks on top of returning back to church, on top of starting a new job, on top of balancing God, myself, relationship, family, business ideas, grad school, physical health, mental health, hair health, nail and toe health. Like like it's so much to manage and I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying my best to put my best foot forward, do good when I can do good, when it's a good time to do good, which is all the time easier easier said than done quite literally i've been just in a place of making sure i seek god at the beginning of my day because not doing that makes me feel weird um i feel uncomfortable and i feel sad when i don't include god in the first part of my day also also walking my faith out at work, what that's like, the emotions that brings up. That might be a separate podcast for a later date. Um, I feel like I've missed a few things. I'll probably just end up listening to this recording and editing it or adding some more info to the end of the podcast I imagine I can definitely end this in under under 40 minutes. So what brings me back today specifically is a book that I found called The Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents by Lindsay C. Gibson. Now for those of you who may know me <laughs> or don't know me I want to share with you that I love books I love books I love writing just because they're a genuine love for me and they've also provided an escape um, for me in an unhealthy way and in healthy ways so I found library visits and bookstore visits to just bring me such joy as a child and i found that I still love them as an adult. I will get a library card to every library that I can, especially during the pandemic. Some libraries allow for uh, new users to sign up for a free library e-card to use library resources like going to museums or exhibits. Um or, I don't know, amusement parks or something for free. So I've taken full advantage of that as I'm now living in the New England area. And I decided um, to download or to borrow an audiobook um, because I was seeking some knowledge on emotional maturity. So I started with a Google search. And the first book that popped up for my google search to gain some insight into my emotional immaturity were was the adult children of emotionally immature parents so i took some time to listen to the first chapter and it it was pretty heavy for me as i am looking to be more introspective and as i've listened to chapter two and took some time to reflect and write down plenty of notes I can see my progress from when I started two weeks ago listening to each chapter that's about an hour long Um, that I see that it's not so heavy for me to revisit the past and that's also come from me Walking my faith out daily, meaning that I may listen to a, a Bible sermon or I may, you know, read a scripture or a devotional um, for the day. Just f- making sure I'm feeding my mind the nutritional words that it needs to reprogram, to be renewed. Because that is what the Bible says, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I take that literally. (laughs) But I've also learned that, you know, sometimes emotionally immature people take things very literally. And aren't always so humorous, especially during conflict. So this chapter, chapter 2, it's about 51 minutes. So between chopping up uh, vegetables for soup for dinner and getting myself prepared for work tomorrow, I essentially listened to this chapter about three times (laughs) Um, so I could really get the points that the author so eloquently put into language that I did not have. I set out to listen to chapter two because I was thinking solely of my mother solely of maybe my even my relationship with my siblings my stepfather my family my relationship currently my relationship with my partner's family currently and I'm thinking that this this chapter is solely going to be like about everybody else but me and as I'm listening almost I don't know 10-20 minutes in I'm like hold up wait a minute (laughs) this is me not only am I the adult child of an emotionally immature parent I too am an emotionally immature adult poof Yeah, mind-blowing. Exactly what I was thinking, too. So uh, I want to share with you some things I wrote down about this chapter. The goal of this chapter was to look objectively at parents, relatives, loved ones, whomever, and understand that their behavior was unintentional, beyond their control, and without awareness of how your loved one or my loved ones have impacted me. The goal was to also gain confidence in myself, my truth, my story, and no longer be caught off guard and unaware of my loved one's limitations. And also an opportunity for me to make my own declarations, to speak a new truth out loud that I'll no longer choose to feel emotionally unseen and lonely my sense of lovability no longer erodes I no longer need to exercise unhealthy angsty excessive caution about my emotional intimacy with others that was a lot that was a mouthful please feel free to hit the rewind fifteen second or however many seconds this podcast allows you to rewind. So from there, the author goes into what is called personality patterns versus emotional regression. And personality patterns are repeated behaviors that one is typically unaware of how their behavior impacts others um they never cringe at their behavior and and seldom apologize or experience regret now emotional regression is temporary it's brief it typically happens when someone is tired or stressed and and they cringe they cringe at the thought when they reflect on like oh my gosh like did i just do that I did that, you know? So she starts off nice and smooth. <laughs> and then the rest of the chapter, I found that one, two, three pages of notes later, I I identify as an emotionally immature adult child. <sighs> I had to hear those words out loud. So, if you're interested in hearing what an emotionally immature person versus an emotional emotionally immature person um what their character traits are, what their behavior patterns, thought patterns are, please stay tuned. So, emotionally immature people have very murky opinions very rigid and single-minded, blame others, cope with reality by making it smaller and manageable, defensive, humorless, reactive, once opinions are formed, they're very narrow-minded, resistant to others' ideas, seek comfort in drugs of any sort, don't typically assess current situations or anticipate future changes, it is difficult to calm down. They expect others to soothe them and ultimately do what feels best to them. That's the tip of the iceberg. That may be a lot for someone to hear. Maybe uncomfortable. You might feel it somewhere in your throat, your shoulders, maybe your fists. If you ball up your fists like Arthur from PBS, <laughs> um, that's a lot to hear. And that's just page one of my notes on emotionally immature people. Now, page one of my notes with emotionally mature people, they're capable of thinking conceptually and objectively while sustaining deep emotional connection to others. They're honest. They use humor during conflict. They can function independently while having deep emotional attachments smoothly and daily. They directly pursue their wants without exploiting others. They are direct with others when they need to have a conversation. They have a well-developed sense of self. They treasure their relationships and others. They are well-developed empathy, skills, they have impulse control and emotional intelligence. Now, if that doesn't interest you, please feel free to stop here. But if you do find interest in learning more about emotional maturity or immaturity, I strongly suggest that if you don't buy it, grab your library card, borrow the ebook, borrow the audiobook. I think the voiceover is excellent. I think it's a perfect fit to hear objective criticism backed by research and educational training. And what that means in layman's terms is it's easier to hear the truth from a third party than it is to hear the truth from a loved one a close relative a close friend a boss someone you know who whose opinions thoughts beliefs values may weigh heavily on you in the best way possible <laughs> or in a very uncomfortable way. So I had to stop and think and reflect that I don't have many emotional mature people in my life. I, could, I, I took out a sticky note. I think I have about a handful of emotionally mature people in my life. And I'm grateful that I was even able to make a list. Because if I didn't trust God uprooting me from New York City to the New England area, I wouldn't have been able to add more people to that list. So I'm incredibly grateful that God God has supplied my needs. My needs where... I've been underdeveloped from my adolescence because I was raised by an emotionally immature parent. I learned in therapy at age 19 that my mother was a provider. She could provide physical things, food, shelter, uh, a good trip to the doctor's office, Um Uh, a warm home you know hair done things of that nature but when it came to supplying my emotional needs it was conflicting because I I believe that I have a very intelligent mother I believe that my mother is one of the most giving people I've ever met yet I'm learning as an adult that I've been afraid I've been afraid of seeking healthy attention because I remember one time asking my mother who my biological father was and she she yelled something that felt so demonic and angry it shook me to my core and I might have gone to cry in my bedroom but learning at an early age that I couldn't Ask a genuine question. I couldn't express my authentic self. Stunted my growth. And I'm experiencing that now in a very healthy relationship. I am learning that it's difficult for me to ask for what I need. Because I've never been able to. It's difficult for me to be emotionally vulnerable because I never saw it, I never received it. It is overwhelming to deal with complex emotions simultaneously because I had to withdraw myself from my mother's inability to process emotional complexity she was very black and white still is unable to understand others ideas thoughts behaviors sacrifices and i too share a similar behavior pattern a similar thought process this is not at all a podcast episode to shade my mom to bash her in any way this is me sharing my self-discovery with anybody else who too is learning about their story, their journey, their truth, their lineage. Um, whenever they listen to this podcast. Now my voice is a little ashy, so I need to drink some water. Mm. <laughs> I'm like my mom. She always announces when she has to take a pause from talking. <laughs> so... I have so much to learn and I'm so excited that this book has compelled I'm trying to find a different word for triggered because sometimes triggered has a very negative connotation and I use it typically um in a a negative way so this book has compelled me to do research on some things and it was something that the author mentioned in chapter two of the audiobook something called mentalization usually synonymous with theory of mind which is defined as the ability to grasp other people's viewpoints and inner experience their interests and respect their beliefs, their ideas. And I find that, excuse me, I have to burp. I find that I struggle. Like I feel like a deer in headlights when I have to mentalize someone outside of myself. Now the beautiful part about this is that on a google search when the author mentioned this i saw that there are mentalization behavioral therapy groups and counselors in the new england area for all age groups for women for adolescents for lgbt i believe um for the elderly you can do it in a clinical setting maybe a hospital or a therapy clinic you can do them online like a, a televisit a virtual doctor's visit and i'm really excited to learn the skills that i need to mentalize because mentalization typically happens during adolescence and when I think about my adolescence I think of the trauma I was experiencing. I think of being bullied in school. I think of not being a perfectionist and performing performing in school to get high grades and stay on the honor roll. I think of my transition to Pennsylvania from New York and that being a culture shock to me because I had never seen so many white people in my life. I had never seen real grass (laughs) grow before. I had never seen Walmart um, or deer. (laughs) It was a real culture shock for me. I think of my brother... Being diagnosed with OCD and what we know now is autism and living with a special needs uh, sibling what what that 's like living with a special needs parent um, but they are very high functioning and learning now that as an adult, it presents differently in everyone. My adolescence was focused on how to fit in at home. How do I stand out in school? My body is growing breast. I have a menstrual cycle. I am sexually attracted to boys. I want to express myself to the fullest and not feeling like I had the space or the freedom to express my authentic self during that time period and all of these events have played a very significant role in my growth and I'm so thankful that research and accessibility and just human beings have taken time to research emotional maturity and emotional maturity isn't as sensationalized as talking about uh, depression because according to this book in chapter two that there's been, a, there's been a change, I'm sure many of us have noticed, but there's been a change in how people engage with one another. Meaning, once upon a time, we could solely talk about what does a person need? Like Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, for those of you who study psychology, like what does a person actually need? And as a society, whether social workers, teachers, uh, community members, we could impact one another by meeting one another's needs. But now meeting one another's needs isn't profitable in a capitalistic society. So that's where Big Pharma comes in and pushes drugs and diagnosis on people seemingly dealing with a mental health issue, when in fact, their basic needs may not have been met in childhood. So if we could just take time to heal that part, and that is having a community to help us heal and being willing to do the work in healing ourselves. And I ultimately believe with the help of God, change is possible and we can do incredible things, not just as a black society, not just as a female society, But human beings around the world could thrive, and that would cause cataclysmic, monumental change. If we were all healed, if we were all loved, if we were all heard, if we were all respected, if we were all appreciated. If we were all sensitive to one another's needs and not overly sensitive to our own needs. That was a word right there. I'm gonna have to run this one back. So I'm just recapping out loud. I am maybe three or five minutes, like right after I was done listening to chapter two for like the umpteenth time. I really wanted to recap out loud. So I apologize if I talked in circles. I apologize if I left any thoughts in limbo. I like to pick up my phone and talk from the dome, talk from the heart, process out loud, and hope that you listening listen hope that you too take some time to do your own reflection, do your own work. As one of my girl, good girlfriends would say, doing the work works. And I'm a believer that you can change. You can change your everyday. You can be strengthened to revisit the uncomfortable parts of your past without the weight, the anxiety, the sadness, the heaviness, the confusion, the anger. You can do it too. You can have a happier now. You can have a happier future. And it's it's your choice. When I started to, I'll rephrase that, when I learned that I was still making other people responsible for my internal, emotional, mental, spiritual well-being, I had to check myself. And I had to do research (laughs) because I need answers. I need answers and I need them now. I saw that people around me were becoming sad. Then I went to the library and I picked up a book by one of my favorite authors. Uh, I believe his name is Spencer. Spencer Johnson. He wrote the book "Who Moved My Cheese" and "The One Minute Manager." I picked up the book "One Minute for Myself," and that is where I started to mentalize or consider others' ideas. Greater than myself. I started to choose happiness. I started to choose to take a minute to self-reflect. To either stay on a negative thinking train. Or to pivot and go a new direction. And try to maneuver throughout the day in a different way. Because frustration and emotional turmoil. It happens all the time. (sighs) So I'm a firm believer that... If you choose, if you choose to take ownership of yourself, your needs, your well-being, you can change your life. It's not a, it's not a big, super huge step. It's not like. Standing outside and holding up a sign and declaring that today you're happy. It's a choice. Just like you choose to put on underwear, not put on underwear. Put on deodorant or not put on deodorant. Get out of bed or lay in the bed for the day. It's a choice. And the choice may not be easiest first, but it gets a little easier each day. And I've noticed that I stay angry shorter. I'm angrier less. I am... More emotionally vulnerable I am more considerate of my emotions taking up the room and I'm able to leave space for others I have so much work to do but I'll tell you that I like the work that I'm doing this feels good to me I'm happy for myself I feel good about myself Because I'm not making this work anybody else's responsibility. But please believe now that I have health insurance with this new job, honey. She gonna get this therapy popping. Mm -hmm. So shout out to all of you who have been doing the work. Shout out to all of you who are interested in doing the work. Shout out to all of you who were uncomfortable even thinking about doing the work. Because if you have a conscious to even fathom the thought, then you have the power to solve the problem. I know that's something I hear TD Jake say in some of his sermons, but it makes sense. If you can consciously think of a problem that you have, it means that you too are able to find or already have the wisdom, the discernment, the love the anointing you need to solve your own problems and i choose to call on a higher power his name is jesus and he helps me walk out my faith to solve these said problems so i hope that i've made sense i hope that you've enjoyed This podcast has been such a long time for me. It feels so good. I feel so refreshed. I feel so happy. It's been in my spirit and I've been really just listening to my spirit more often and not feeling guilty about being absent from this podcast and getting some more uh, confirmation from my partner that, you know, with some with some episode ideas and I just love it I I love this podcast life and I love that everything I need God's already provided I have a cell phone and internet so I can do this podcast I have library cards from different states (laughs) and I have access to resources so don't give yourself any excuse not to get better because you'll only end up sick longer. Why not be healed? I hope you have a blessed day. I hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you pick something from this and you run with it. I love you. I cherish you. And I hope you just like, oh, my cheeks are bursting. My cheeks are bursting. I just hope that you're doing well. And I hope that you choose happiness. And I hope that you choose yourself, but not at the expense of others. Take care and God bless. Bye.